On today's episode of the Dad Tired Podcast, I sit down with husband, father, disciple, and Grammy award-winning artist Harry Connick Jr. to talk about his journey of faith. Before we jump into that interview, I do want to thank my friends over at Samaritan Ministries for sponsoring today's episode. Samaritan Ministries is a community of Christians who live out Galatians 6-2 by bearing one another's burdens when a medical need arises. It's a biblical solution to healthcare, connecting members across the nation who share medical costs while praying for and encouraging one another. When the body of Christ comes together to pray, encourage, and provide for one another, burdens are lifted and God is glorified. This applies to all areas of life, including healthcare. Samaritan Ministries is not insurance and there are no network restrictions. Consider this, your child breaks an arm, you don't have to check in with an insurance company to ask what hospital to go to, you just go. After care is received, Send your medical bills to Samaritan Ministries and they'll notify members of your need. There's a program and sharing level that fits most budgets with monthly costs ranging from $200 to $555 for a family of two or more. When a medical need arises, you choose the healthcare provider and treatments that work best for you and your family. They even have 24-7 access to medical professionals by phone or email to get medical advice before you visit the doctor, which is going to save you time and money. If you're interested in joining this community of believers who are sharing each other's burdens, you can go to SamaritanMinistries.org slash DadTired. Again, that's SamaritanMinistries.org slash DadTired. Hey guys, just wanted to give you another reminder that we've moved off of Facebook and we're using our own little community app now. It's a great place to discuss the podcast episodes, to uh, share all your dad tips and tricks, things where you're failing, where you're winning, prayer requests, all that kind of good stuff. So we'd love to have you come be part of that. You can do that by going to dadtired.com forward slash join. Again, if you want to jump into our family leadership program, we have a couple spots left for that. Go to dadtired.com forward slash lead. A couple of weeks ago, I saw online that Harry Connick Jr. had put an album out called Alone in My Faith, which caught my eye because I had seen him on like American Idol. That was kind of my being familiar with his music. I had I'd listened to some of his music before that, but then heard more of it once I had watched a few seasons of American Idol. And so it just caught my eye when he said alone in my faith. So I'm always like, if somebody wants to talk about their journey in faith and following Jesus, I am always down to listen to that. And uh, I just love hearing people's stories, man. I love hearing how God captures people's hearts. So I reached out and I just said, hey man, uh, we got a podcast for dads and we're trying to figure out what it looks like to stumble in our faith. I'm interested to learn more about your faith and how that came to be. And so that was my starting question for him. I was just like, how did you even get involved in practicing Christianity? Was that new for you? Was that part of your upbringing? Was that mom and dad? And so this was his answer and we'll just jump right into the interview. I grew up going to church with my dad since I was, you know, as a baby. And then my mother died when I was 13. It was right around that time. I just felt like I wanted to be a part of this Christian community. So I, I got baptized. I got confirmed in the Catholic church. And it was something that gave me a great deal of comfort at that time in my life and continued through this day gives me, you know, immense comfort. And my faith is, is a gift that I'm very proud of and, and aware of. But I got to be honest, not only because of the pandemic, but it's like a living thing, you know, the faith. It, yeah. it, it changes. And I mean, I wish I could say, yeah, I'm, my faith is a hundred percent firing on all cylinders at all times, but it's, it's not. Sometimes I question things. I doubt things. I become angry, frustrated. I get down. And this pandemic kind of exacerbated a lot of those things because just like everybody else, people in my life that died over the last year as a result of COVID, mm. um, and my family, you know, friends, and it's just been an unusual 
in a difficult time. So the album is exactly what I'm feeling. It's all of those things. I mean, the short answer is I'm a faithful person and I'm glad I have my faith because I, I don't know what I'd do without it. Yeah. What are you hoping uh, when people listen to this album, what, what are you hoping they walk away with when they're done? Well, it's all kinds of things, you know, like there's the musical side of me, which is the, the not important side in this case, which is, I hope people who know and love music will listen to it and say, oh, that's cool. You know, that's, I hadn't heard that before and maybe get some musical entertainment out of it. But really the, the most important thing is I want all of these folks to know that I, I'm exactly the same and I need to know that they're the same. I need to know mm-hmm. that y'all are going through the same thing as fathers, as people of faith, as husbands, as sons. You know, I take great comfort in the fact that we may not be physically together right now and we may never be physically together. I may never meet your listeners, but we're all going through it together. That's what I want people to know when they listen, that this is my version of our shared experience. Yeah, I love that, man. You know, one thing I think a lot of dads feel is the sense that I'm trying to wrestle with my own faith, like you're just talking about. It's my own faith journey, and I'm trying to figure that out. And at the same time, now I'm married, and now I've got kids, and they're going on their own faith journey. How do you help them in their own faith journey when you feel like you are still trying to process your own at the same time? For me, it boils down to truth and love and communication. I'm not going to pretend to be anything that I'm not. And I was just talking to one of my daughters about this the other day. She says, Dad, I have trouble with believing this or faith in this. I said, you know what? I do too. Mm. And I think the fact that in some ways, your parents are they represent solidity and stability, and and that's an, that's very important. I think you, you know it's, it's up to us as parents and fathers to have a sense of of strength and for your kids. I think they depend on that. But for me, if I start trying to fake it or I can't remember what I said, I, I got to tell the truth, and then that way I never have to remember anything. Yeah. And and I say, look, I, I struggle with this stuff too, and and I think that's okay. I think one of the things God gave us. It's free will, and and it's up to us to use that free will to decide what we believe, how we feel, and I have to be honest. And I think they they respond to that because you know what that does for my kids? It empowers them to say, wait a minute, what about this? I figured this out on my own. Dad, what do you think? And, And over time, their perspective will be a source of value and inspiration to me. So I think if you establish the precedent of truth and love, and communication, then it's such a strong, solid foundation upon which, you know, you can build your relationship with your kids. Yeah, I think that's really beautifully said, man. And they say that our kids' generation is the most skeptical out of every generation that's ever existed before us. So so I think you're right, man. I think that they're just going to kind of see right through anything that we're trying to fake it. Well, you need to believe this because daddy's always believed this and this is what grandpa's believe. I mean, there's some beauty in that, right? Like there's family heritage and this has been passed on to you for generation after generation, but also they're not going to just believe what we believe because it's generational and because it's tradition, right? Like they're going to have to own that for themselves. So I think, I think what you just said there is beautiful. Are your daughters, are they musicians like you? They're artists and they're musical, but they're not musicians in the same way that I am. So my oldest daughter, Georgia, she actually took, she's a photographer and a director. She shot the record cover and, and did the videos wow. for Amazing Grace, which is out now, and then Alone With My Faith, which is, which is about to come out. So she's very musical, very artistic. My second daughter is a, 
a designer and an entrepreneur, a clothing designer. And my third daughter is like very kind of a visual artist and jewelry designer and into fashion and stuff. So they're all, it's interesting to see because they're not, that's another thing I learned as a dad is as much as you would like to predict you know, what they're going to do, you, you just can't. They're hardwired to be who they are and, and it's something to celebrate and watch as it evolves because they're their own people. My daughters are 24, 23, and 18, so they're three adults, and, and it's an amazing thing to see that they're not me, and they're not Jill. They are their own people, and it's, it's an amazing thing to watch. Yeah, it was, I was going to ask you, like, what was the dynamic as they were younger between wanting to you know, pass on the talents that you have and then also just giving them the free reign to just kind of discover who God's made them to be and help champion them and cheer them on as they're becoming who God's made them to be? I think that's it right there. I think you have to celebrate them for who they are. You can't force it. I mean, I think certain things are important. Like, you can't just have feral children who you don't teach them anything. They don't go to school and they eat whatever they want. They go to sleep. I mean, you have to have some parental guidelines. But in terms of their passions and desires, it's unstoppable. You're not going to be able to stop it. So you might as well recognize them for who they are and celebrate that no matter what that is. I mean, listen, if your kid's walking into a busy street and not paying attention, you know, you have to go grab them and pull them to safety. That That's our job as parents. But I'm talking about passion. My parents were both academics, lawyers. That is not me. I mean, I, I barely made it out of high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the reason I was so fortunate is because they, they saw that I loved music and they, they did everything they could to, to help me develop that. And that's what Jill and I try to do with our girls, you know, we try to give them opportunities in which they can explore things. And there'll be a hundred things before they find out what they want to do. But it's important that they know that we're with them as they discover who they are. Yeah. You know, I'd love to, if you're comfortable, you know, you talked about your mom passing really at a, at really a a major moment or time in your life when you're a teenager, a young teenager. How did that shape you and I'd love to hear if that really played in any dynamic with your dad and, and what it was like growing up with your dad for the rest of your teenage years into your young adulthood. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. It was by far the most tragic experience I've ever had. What I think I, I learned from it, among many, many things, is it was the beginning of my quest to understand women. I'll never understand women, <laughs> yeah. and I mean that in the most complimentary way, yeah. but I, I want to understand women and the power and the strength of women. In fact, I would love to see a class in school taught about what it means to be a woman mm-hmm. and all of the things that women go through that, you know, a lot of guys don't even think about, they don't know much about. Yeah. Because I think it's important for us to understand those things. It completely changed the dynamic of the relationship with my dad because, you know, now he's got a 13-year-old son that he's raising by himself along with a, a daughter, my sister, who was a few years older. And so my dad kind of was a single dad from that point on. It was tough. I mean, obviously, you know, I was 13, so I, I was dealing with all that stuff. I was You deal with it as, as a 13-year-old yeah. anyway. Yeah. But one thing I learned from my dad is you accept things with grace and the things you can't control. And that was something we couldn't control. And I remember I asked my dad one time, I said, hey, dad, you think mom thinks about us? And he said, no. And it rocked my world mm. because I was like, wait, what? He said, your mom was with God. He said, she's good to go. <laughs> you know, and that's where I want to be. 
And I thought about that. I'm like, wow. wow, that's so heavy. And it was so incredible to see his faith, you know, and, and, and wow. such an inspiration to me. So, yeah, that's kind of a broad answer for the question, but a lot of it's, it's tough to answer that yeah. you know, in a short amount of time. Yeah, I understand. There's probably so much nuance in that, man. Well, I appreciate you even, even sharing that. And I'm sorry, man, I can't imagine losing a parent at that at any time, especially that age. I can't imagine how hard that is. And I'm curious. There's part of me as I've got into my 30s now where I'm like so much of my childhood, I just kind of put in the back of my brain. I'm like, yeah, that, that was my childhood. And now as a man who has kids, I'm starting to think about how much that actually affected who I am today. Have you unpacked any of that? Right. You know, like it just like taking a step backwards as hard as that can be and being like, man, how did that actually shape me as a husband and dad now? Yeah, it's funny. Like, it's almost like, your brain doesn't want to really think about that stuff because, you know, you're still growing and you're still learning. And, yeah. and like, even things like mortality, like I'm 53. So when, how old are you? I'm 33. Yeah, you're 33, right? So I'm 20 years older than you. When, when I was 33, like, I wasn't really thinking about mortality. and stuff. I mean, I just thought, like, if I ever get sick, you know, by the time I get sick, they'll have a cure for it. And so, I mean, I just didn't <laughs> yeah. think about it. Yeah. But as you get older, you it's an amazing thing. It's almost like, we were made to accept things as they are revealed to us. My sister, she's a doctor, and she told me one time that the arches in babies, you know how babies have flat feet? Mm -hmm. The arches don't start developing in their feet until they're about able to walk. Mm -hmm. Or they don't really start developing teeth until it's about time for them to eat solid food. That's not a happenstance. Right. These are all you know miracles of being a human being. And it's the same thing, I think, emotionally like right now is just about the time when you should be thinking about your childhood because you have kids and it's things start to reveal themselves to you now because now is the time that you should be contemplating them and it's funny how that stuff works out so yeah i i think a lot about how i was raised how my parents you know raised me and you know i see similarities in my father the older i get the more i see things and it's, it's an incredible process it's just part of the cycle of life and i promise you it's it's not coincidence. I yeah. mean, I think by design and something that has is far greater than we could ever comprehend. You know, yeah. so it's it's a wonderful thing to behold and a wonderful thing to experience. And I'm happy to know that there's smart, you know, young guys like you who are using your gifts to bring people together and to celebrate shared experience because ultimately that's one of the things that helps get us through this crazy thing called life is is the fact that you're not going through it alone. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, man. That means a lot to me hearing you say that. What would 53-year-old Harry tell 33-year-old Harry? Nothing, because he wouldn't have listened. (laughs) The 33-year-old Harry, he wouldn't have listened to a word. Like, what's that guy talking about, you know? But but it's, it's okay, because it's just things just happen like that. Like, there was a reason I was kind of hot headed at 33 and, you know, didn't really heed a lot of advice and kind of jumped in head first into the situation. I mean, that was just, that's just the way I was. I promise you, I would have respected me. I'm like, man, you're awesome. Yeah, cool. But then I would have gone and done what I wanted to do anyway. Mm. And all of those things would have been good because whatever happens is I'm a fatalist in that way. I believe that things happen for reasons we may not understand at the time, but invariably there's something to be gained from everything that happens to us. Yeah. You know, whenever I talk to guys like you or, you know, people who live 
these lifestyles where you're in front of a lot of people, you're traveling a lot, you, you got a real busy schedule. I always wonder, like, how hard is it for you? You taught your album is called Alone in My Faith. You know, you're talking about just, I, I was forced to be alone. And I think a lot of people just struggle with, like, essentially what I'm asking is community, like finding those few people around you that are going to just keep pushing you forward, keep being the, like, insert and inject, like, positive faith influences and just keep pushing you, like, hey, man, you're okay, zoom out, you got good perspective here, or let me give you some good perspective here. Like, how hard is it for you, in particular, to find that that small group of people that keeps pushing you forward in that way? Well, it's really interesting, because at some point, like, musically speaking, I haven't bought a record in 25 years. Yeah. I don't listen to music like that anymore. Mm. I don't not listen to it, but I don't actively listen to music because I, at some point I have to do my own thing mm. and I don't want to keep doing tributes to other artists. I want to do my own thing. And, and it's a really interesting concept. My dad's 94. There's a fairly good chance that, you know, I'm going to outlive my dad. And as a person who's dependent on his dad for so long, it's scary thinking like, wait, like I'm the dad, like I'm going to be the paternal figure in my family. That's scary. So how do you deal with the idea of maybe not having somebody of great influence? Or if you don't have somebody of influence, finding that person, I think the most important thing is to start developing the idea that you are the person who's going to be your spiritual leader. You are the person who's going to be the person that gets you up out of bed in the morning and makes you go learn more about your faith. And not to say that you can do it alone, because I don't think you can, but as opposed to constantly seeking these things out, you make yourself the source of inspiration. Find the inspiration from within. Realize what a gift that you are. Realize that you have been given these circumstances of being a father, of being a husband, of being a brother, of being a son, whatever, and celebrate those things. And when you start to build your self-esteem and build your confidence because eventually you may be alone. You may be a 94-year-old man. And I think the earlier you start recognizing the gifts that you have, the wider the window through which you look for others will become. Other people will reveal themselves to you because you have assumed a different position about your own existence. You'll start to attract that kind yeah, of stuff because yeah. you're investing in, in the gifts that you have because you can do it. There's people who have had far, infinitely more complex and difficult situations than I have. I mean, there's people that have been on their own since they were teenagers, you know, without a mom or a dad. And you start looking within. You're unique. You are a gift. You are a representation of God. So celebrate that. And I think when you do that, you know, situations can arise, you know, that you may not have expected. Yeah, I think what you're saying there, it, it takes me back to what you were saying earlier, like, you know, a baby's foot it starts to develop as it starts to walk and the teeth come in as they start to eat. Yeah, I think the same is true for like our spirituality and what in regards to what you're saying there, like there is a point where we need to be nurtured and grown up and we find our identity kind of spiritually and we need people pouring into us because we're young. Maybe you're young in your faith, but as you grow up, there's be, there becomes a point where I don't need somebody always feeding me. Like I've grown in my faith. I've matured in my faith to the point where I can now pour into others and I'm not always needing people to, to pour into me. And that, I think you said it right. Like it, this is an excuse to just 
try to be alone and never have anyone else. We always need people around us and a small group of people who are going to pour into us. But eventually, I think you're right. There becomes a place where I'm spiritually mature. And now I'm able, because of I know who I am, I'm able to pour into other people and not always need it to be pouring into myself. Does that make sense? Is it, yeah, and, right? and spiritually mature also means being able to accept that sometimes you might be spiritually immature. Yeah, that's right. Like being that's spiritually right. mature to me no, means that you have to be okay with discomfort now and then. Mm-hmm. You have to be okay with being scared. Mm-hmm. You have to be okay with wanting to crawl into a hole and curl up in a ball and die. Yeah. You have to be okay. That's the way it is. That's mm-hmm. part of that. So, you know, just because you may think you're spiritually mature doesn't mean you don't experience grief and loss and pain and insecurity and doubt. Like that to me is what spiritual maturity is. It's knowing that you're a human being and you're going to fail and you're going to question things and being okay with that, knowing that that's not always going to be like that necessarily. You know what I'm saying? Totally. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm a dad, right? Like I'm, I'm 33. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I've been doing dad and husband stuff for 10 years. And yet there are times any given week you pop into my house and I'm acting like a child, right? Like I'm uh, just because you I'm, you don't know what the hell is going on. You <laughs> exactly. don't, you, yeah. yeah, I know. I know. And, and like acting like a child, I mean, that's, we laugh at that, but what about the times when you are, you genuinely do not have a clue on uh, what you're supposed yeah. to do as a dad? Yeah. What about those times? What about when somebody in your life dies mm-hmm. or, you know, you have a serious family issue. What about those times when you think, I don't know if I can get through today? Knowing that that's okay is spiritual maturity to me. Yeah. And believing that, you know, existing in that doubt or pain and being okay with that is really a great accomplishment that you should celebrate as opposed to saying, oh, I'm not there yet. Because nobody has a pain-free life. You know, my dad, we talk about it all the time. I mean, he's 94 and he, and I mean, he's a lot further along than me spiritually, but you know, he has questions and I think we need to remember that, that it's okay to, to doubt and to question and to hurt. Yeah. I think, you know, I told my wife the other day, I still feel all the same emotions and pains and fears and all the same stuff I felt as a 13 year old boy. But my mentality towards those things is what's matured. <laughs> you know, it's not that those things went away. Absolutely, the core, just, the, you're yeah. just growing out from your core. Yeah, you're just putting more layers on the onion, and the onion's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, you're hardwired to feel those things, and you know, and it's it's great to hear. I mean, you're 33. I'm 20 years down the road from you, and we're like the same guy. You yeah. know, it's just I have a little bit more time under my belt to have thought about some of those things. So it's, but you know. It sounds to me that you and your listeners are ahead of the curve because you're aware of these things. And that's a gift in itself. And, and um, you know, I applaud you for opening some of these doors because it's, you know, it's hard to face some of these things, being a dad. You know, it's, that's heavy stuff, man. Like, you're their dad. You are the idea of a dad to them mm. in real life. And there's nobody else in the world but you that does that. And that is freaky. Yeah. That's scary. Like you're driving the car now, dude. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you got to get them there safely. Nobody's going to take the wheel for you. Mm. You know, and that's such a oh, crap. Yeah. And it gets more complex as they get older because they get more complex. Mm. You know, but I think if you think like we've been thinking and talking, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay because you're aware of it and you're embracing it as opposed to different attitudes of not communicating, you know, not being truthful, 
you know, so you're, you're doing all the right stuff. Oh man. Well, I appreciate that. I feel that heaviness and that weight of it. And, uh, it's a sobering, it's a sobering feeling every morning I wake up, man. So I appreciate you saying that. And it's the only thing that outweighs that is the fact that it's the greatest blessing ever. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, to have these little munchkins call you dad. Yep. And somehow it just like makes it, you're going to be all right. Yep. You're going to get through it. No matter what happens, yep. you will be okay. You know, so it's a good feeling. Yeah. Well, bro, I know, I know you're out talking about the new album and, and you got a lot of great music. Obviously, you're putting out just so much good music over the years that you paused for a little bit to have kind of a, a different conversation uh, about some of these heavier and deeper things. Every man. Minute of it. Yeah, I'm man. proud of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm th- real proud of I'm it. I'm thankful, man. I'm I'm so thankful. And any last words you'd want to say to the, you know, 20 something dad, early 30 year old dad who's just like, he's tired, bro. He's trying to work hard. It's the middle of a pandemic and he's yeah. trying to put food on the table and he's, and he's like, all this stuff just feels so bigger than him right now when he's just trying to pay the bills and, and get through this week. Any last words for that guy? Well, I just want to tell all of y'all that I love you. And you know what I mean by that. Obviously, I don't, I don't know you, but I love you and I pray for you. And we can do this. Mm. You can do this. This is something that's well within your abilities. And the fact that you're listening right now to this fantastic show says to me that you are right where you should be. And our lives are all full of pain and tragedy and joy and celebration and everything and everybody goes through that but the fact that you're a father that you're tired that you're doing everything you can to provide for your family i love you god loves you you just keep on doing what you're doing because it's it's appreciated and and you're going to be okay that's a good place to end man i'm so thankful you took the time to hang out with us today bro so great meeting you i loved it look forward to meeting you in person thanks man Thank you.